You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the 5 o'clock shadow. And as it's a Thursday, it's the double-header Dream Team edition of the 5 o'clock shadow. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. I'm Lindsay Williams in Zeeland in the south of the Netherlands. And a newcomer to the 5 o'clock shadow. And that's Garth McKenzie from Traders Corner. Not a newcomer to me or to David, but to this particular segment. Now, Garth, you have to explain something. First of all, give a brief intro to Traders Corner. Has it changed since we last spoke? Are you still doing this? The same thing. Uh, yeah, hi Lindsay, and thanks for the opportunity to be on the show. It's with a pleasure, you, David. Um, yeah, so Traders Corner. I mean, I think some of the listeners will probably be familiar with me. I hope so. They, you know, back in the day when I was was still in South Africa, I used to run the Traders Corner TV show on Business Day TV, and I did that for ten years, trading with Real Capital, and it sort of dovetailed with a website that I run. It's a subscription-based website where I pro- provide analysis and a lot of technical stuff, technical analysis. Um, and we basically have subscribers, people who subscribe to the service, get our market insights, and we publish something every day based on the, you know, ma- mainly on the JSE, but also a little bit of overseas stuff outside of the JSE. So I run that. Um, I've been in the UK for three and a half years now. So obviously, having left South Africa, I no longer run the TV show that I used to run. But I do still do the website. And I've got a few other things on the go. I've got a podcast that I do called Talking With Traders and um, trade my own capital, trade for a small hedge fund and run this subscription service. So, you know, fingers in a few pies but to answer your original question, yeah, Traders Corner is still going. The website's still going, and I'm still running it, still following the South African market from afar. Yes, as I am. Uh, David is right in the thick of it. And just before we get to David, because there's been so much fundamental stuff, because David is very much a fundamentalist with the occasional leaning towards technical analysis, and he and I are sort of a frustrated amateur technical analyst. But uh, that is the basis of your stock selection, your asset class selection, all that sort of thing. Just tell us briefly, before we get into today's action, how you approach the market, please, Garth. Yeah, well, I mean, Lindsay, the way I approach it is it it is predominantly technical, but you can't just look at technicals. You've got to have a bit of a holistic view. So I do keep abreast of the fundamentals. I keep abreast of what's going on in the economics and the company results and the, you know, announcements and corporate actions and those sort of things. Um, you have to keep abreast of all of that sort of thing. However, my, my feeling is that a lot of what is known in a share's price is uh, is reflected in the technicals. It's reflected in the trading action of that share. And the best way to measure trading action is to look at the technicals. So from that perspective, I, I do approach it from a, a predominantly technical perspective. I mean, I'd say that my when it comes to trading decision-making, the decision-making is probably... 80% technically driven and, and 20% with a bit of a smattering of knowledge of the fundamentals in the background. Okay. And the way I look at it is, yeah, I mean, I'll start with a bigger picture chart, look at the weekly charts, zoom into daily chart, and then try and get a little bit more, a bit closer to the trading action and very much looking for what is repeatable, reliable technical patterns that, that do tend to repeat themselves over time. But, but there's not, never a certainty, and that's the reality with anything in the market. Nothing's ever 100% guaranteed. So you always have to take any setup or any trade opportunity that you see 
and overlay it with risk management. That means having stop losses and it means having a correct methodology to size your positions and take the trade. You know, and at, at the end of the day, I think we are playing a probabilities game. So I just want to try and get the probabilities stacked in my favor and then let the trade do its thing. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. But, you know, if you're, if you're making more on your winning trades than what you're losing on your losing trades and you're having a reasonably, you know, decent percentage of winning trades, then ultimately you can make money consistently over the longer term. I think it's risk management. I think risk management is, is, is the key here, the stop loss thing that you brought in. We could talk about this for ages. And I'd just like to yeah. chip in that there must be certain uh, instruments, certain stocks, certain indices that have their own personalities. And you probably got to know those personalities over the last 10 plus years. But anyway, David, that's um, Garth McKenzie, lest you forget. And now we've got to come to you because of fundamentals. Look at the results out today, David. Goldfields, Blue Label Technologies, yeah. Yeah. Discovery, Anglo-American PLC, Mondi, Distel, Truwis came out in the last hour. Trading updates from Momentum Metropolitan, Quantum Foods, and also Harmony. Where do you start, David? Which ones do you cherry pick I, here? I, you know what upsets me? I'll tell you what drives me bonkers. Mm -hmm. Is that it's, it's so difficult to go through results now. And the reason is that, that every set of results has been panel beaten or alternatively adjusted. So you can never get a true picture. You know, it's core earnings or normalized earnings or diluted core, normalized, whatever it is. So to try and plow through the explanations of how they get to the numbers, I just find infuriating and perhaps in a way misleading. Um, and, and that makes it difficult because where you get so many results coming out on a day like today, all you want to do is go through them in a simple way to get a picture of how the company is trading, you know, and honestly, when you open up the, when you open up the earnings, there are pages and pages of commentary, every sec, you know, every little number and so on. So it goes, you know, so you're completely overwhelmed by numbers, percentages and, and talk. And that makes it difficult, you know, so, I'm saying you, you go through it eventually, you give up. You know, you just say, look, I can't go through pages and pages of small print. All I want to know is how they how they're functioning in this difficult environment, how their business is doing. So, yeah, okay. I did try to go through. I did Before you go on, David, there's two points I'd like to make here. Number one, Garth is the smart one because he doesn't go through pages and pages of stuff. Oh. He just looks at the anthropology of the charts because that's what technical analysis is to me. It's like... Yeah an anthropological history of what a share price has done. The second point I'd like to make is that you're making a very good excuse as to why you can't analyze any of the companies that I've just read out. But some... I've, got, no, I've got my views. Go, I've got, I, go I, on, I tried to go through them. Mm. I, went, I think the ones that I went through uh, mainly were Discovery and Anglos. And the reason is I like to look at Anglos and see how they make the money, where they're making their money from. And we know that it's been a very difficult period. Uh, for for the miners, we we saw it with Anglo Platts, we saw it with Iron, uh, with um, Kumba, and you know both Iron Ore and um, and and um, sorry Platinum make up a big percentage of um, you know of Anglo's profits. Um, the winners that came out there were De Beers, Copper was down significantly, Platinums were down, Iron Ore were down, and this is in line with. Uh, you know, what we have been expecting. The big winner, sorry, besides De Beers has been steel making coal. 
which we know from uh, coal prices went through the roof last year and so on. At the end, um, you know, the results were uh, – this is all dollars that I'm talking about. So yes. at the end, you know, that profits were down. But I think to a large extent, a lot of this is already in the market and has been uh, discounted. Yesterday, we had an awful day in in the miners. Today, there was – some kind of turnaround um, going up with global markets for what, for whatever reason. So, um, you know, that, that was my snapshot of Anglos. I went through the discovery numbers as well. But uh, at the end, I like to look at where they make the money as well. And I've got my views on that. But uh, they came out with what they called normalized profits. Uh, if you look at their pure profits, they were down. But with normalized, uh, they ended up about 22%. And I'm trying to work out what do you mean by normalized? And the more I go through their explanation, the more normalized, the less I understand what they're talking about. And I don't want to repeat it here because it just, you know, I can't make, this is actuarial talk or whatever it is. And I wish they'd give us a simple explanation and say, this is why we like normalized earnings. And a lot has to do with actuarial valuations over the life of contracts and so on. So I was lost there, you know, just totally lost um, in, in, in the numbers. Has this changed, David? Sorry, Garth, I'll come back to you in a second. But has this changed over the years? I mean, you're a numbers man. No. You're, you're, you're no. a CA. Has it changed no, recently? Started. Are they making it more difficult for people like you to sit down and go through these numbers over the weekend yeah. because you don't understand? No. Or is it just you that's not keeping up? And I'm not being disrespectful no. at all no, here. No, 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 it's impossible. You know, any of the life companies, it makes it very, very difficult to go through them in detail. As I say, they don't, they, um, the amount of information that comes out with a set of results is almost impossible for um, an, uh, a non-professional or a, a person who's not really interested in that to go through. So it, okay. it, it makes it difficult for me to get a grasp. What I do get a grasp of is that, okay, you know, which, which, where do they get their money from? And it's still health and life and invest and uh, vitality in the UK. The rest contributes very, very little. So a lot of effort goes into the other operation. And even at this stage, the bank is still losing a lot of money. So, I, you know, I always look at that and, and I always, um, you know, try and say, well, when will all those other businesses be big enough to start challenging what has been their traditional operation, which is the health and uh, well, life side. Well, this is very interesting because you've just said the one thing I always remember, David, you say, well, when there's a, a day like today, you always look at the concluding statements. In other words, mm. they're looking forward to or not looking forward to in the future. And now you're saying, where do they make their money? Now, Garth, when I look at my screen at the moment, which is horribly slow compared to your fancy ones you've got in Surrey in the United Kingdom, I've got a, a really nice bounce back from the all share, the top 40 resources. Okay, just a bit uh, over 1% higher. But this must set a few alarm bells going on your charting system. And you must be saying, this is interesting now. Is this a dead cat bounce or is this the start of something? Can I start with resources, please, Garth? Because David and I have been talking about this for a while. They've been hammered. Is it yeah. oversold? Is it time to start looking at these things? Well, yeah, I mean, they are oversold. There's no question about that um, because they have been hit pretty hard. And as you say, the, 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 you mentioned Anglos, you were talking about that now. But, I mean, if you actually scratch underneath the surface and look at some of the other stocks in the resources space, the ones that really have been hit the hardest lately have been the platinum market. PGMs, exactly. Uh, so, so mm. I mean, platinum, Impala uh, is, is um, you know, 
t- trading towards uh, close to a 52-week low. Um, Amplatz is at a 52-week low. Sibania Stillwater, which I think has hurt quite a few people lately, is also close to not, not far off 52-week lows. So, yes, to answer the question, these things are oversold. Um, to the next part of your question is, do you buy them? I think it also depends on your on your time frame. You know, are you buying them with a five uh, a five minute view? Are you buying them with a, a six month or a twelve month view? Um, you know, and, and to that extent, I mean, what I would probably do with these things, I, I'm always careful of picking bottoms because you can mm-hmm. you know, you can be right for a short time, but then you can be wrong again, and it just takes out the lows and makes another new low. So I think, you know, the way I generally look at these things is look to try and identify if you can see that there's evidence of a, of a capitulation in these sort of things. So yes. but I think that's right now where we're at with the likes of Impala and Amplats. And I, I mean, I don't know whether we're at that point yet, but what, what does a capitulation typically look like? You know, usually you see the, the, the speed of the move to the downside accelerates, which we have had that lately. But also what you typically see is the volume actually picks up at the bottom. And that's something I often scan for is if you see a volume spike on a day or over a couple of days in a share's price after it's made a dramatic move, then what that's often telling you is that there's a big transfer of share ownership happening between those who are capitulating and effectively selling out out of out of panic or margin call or stop loss or for whatever reason, they're just getting out. Um, But then you've also got a lot of buying because you can't just have a lot of volume happening if there's only selling. There has to also be buyers. And when you see that volume spike, it's an indication of a big transfer of share ownership. And that sort of thing usually does happen at the extremes. So that's the kind of stuff I would want to look for from a a technical perspective with these, these stocks that have been hit this hard. Look for that volume spike and then look for evidence that there's actually a reversal. And what do I mean by a reversal? Uh, and I'm often asked by people, when you say a reversal, what is a reversal? Typically speaking, it's where you know a share will, will close higher on the day after it's been hammered for several days beforehand. And, and, and it's, it's an indication then that the sellers have potentially been exhausted and the buyers have started to show dominance. And then you get the price the share price closing on it on you know in the upper half of the day's range or towards the high of the day. Garth, the reversal is, is one of the most powerful technical indicators in my view, and the key reversal is one. And I have to tell you, I'm looking at my commodity screen flashing away now, and it's not something that the average South African investor will look at, but you probably got it on your watch list as well. Natural gas prices yesterday yeah. went to yeah. Um, gosh, the lowest that I've ever seen them, certainly since the the Ukraine-Russia conflict, they went below two BTUs. And I thought, well, that was about a 5% fall. Today, they're up 5.2%. They reversed last night, went higher, and then they're up 5% today. That is a classic reversal. And I know we're getting a bit technical here, but natural gas, to me, has bottomed. Well, I hope you're right, Lindsay, because I'm long natural gas at the moment. Oh, exactly there we go. The, the basis of what you're saying. Um, I've been monitoring it for the last couple of weeks, really. It's been because it, it's down a lot. I mean, if you, as you say, if you if you have a look at it, it has just absolutely fallen through the floor. But but yes, there is evidence of um, of a reversal. Yesterday there was a reversal. Today, as you say, it's up quite nicely. So it does look as if it is stabilizing. And in addition to that, we have seen the, what I've mentioned about the volume spike. There's been a huge, huge volume spike in natural gas futures. 
And then the other one that I watch is the it's the natural gas ETF. The the code is UNG. Yeah. And um and the volume there has been off the charts over the last couple of days. Gosh. Which again suggests to me that there is probably a big transfer of ownership happening on that. So, you know, I think yeah, it does look interesting. And I've been buying, as I say, I am long. But one has to be careful with this type of stuff. And we're talking that natural gas. One mustn't forget that it was, what, two years ago, I think, around about this time when oil prices went negative. Yeah. And and one thinks, well, how, how on earth can a price of something go negative? Well, because there was so much oil being uh, floated around in, for delivery in the futures market. And there was every every possible part of every bit of oil storage was full at the time that those taking delivery of oil were unable to store it anywhere and hence it was a case where they were almost just paying people to not to take delivery of their oil so that that was a different circumstance and it was very unusual it was the only time i've ever seen anything trade at a negative price in my life but to get back to natural gas what we uh-huh. do need to be conscious of right, yeah. is that Europe stockpiled natural gas like crazy ahead of the winter because they knew that the, the Russians might stop supplying. And um, and then it's been a relatively warm winter in Europe. So the stockpiles of natural gas are actually very high at the moment. And, and one worries that there's so much supply of the stuff around and that the storage is mostly full. So just be aware of that. I'm not saying that it's going to be like oil. I, I don't think that's the case at all. But it's but just don't don't dismiss the fact that that type of thing can happen. So yes, we're seeing natural gas showing all the signs of a bottom. I am long, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is in terms of what I think it's going to do. As you always however, do. Yeah. However, however, you know, it's always with a stop loss. It's always with a sensible position size because I might be wrong. And if I'm wrong, then I need to get out. Well, you've got your stop loss in there anyway. Uh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I brought up natural gas now. David, um, you've nodded off there and because you're not a commodities person. You don't... <laughs> I'm not, I've been listening. No, it is, it is fascinating, actually. I, 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 I'm very interested in, um, you know, in, in, in what Garth had to say about the platinums because I think last week or earlier this week we were talking about Anglo Platts having broken through, it's not at a 52-day um, fifty-two day low. I think it's at a much longer low than that. I don't think we've seen this price since about 2020. So that's in anglo Platts. There was a little bit of a reversal today, a minor reversal that came with the, uh, you know, with uh, a general move into commodity shares. But overall, um, they've been looking very weak. And the other thing is that there are quite a few companies on the JSE that are forming, you know, similar patterns where I, I, what, 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 what I like to do is, and I'm certainly not a Garth McKenzie, but I like to look at the fundamentals and then look at the chart and say, yeah. you know, what is it telling us? You know, what is the pattern there? And, uh, if it doesn't match the fundamentals, then you've got to be careful. In other words, yes. if, if, if the chart is telling you pointing one direction, the fundamentals the other, just be careful because I tend to believe the chart more than I do the fundamentals. You know, in other words, that's Garth's insiders or alternatively, uh, you know, insiders at work, people with knowledge discounting stuff that we haven't quite considered yet. 
Mm. Very good point. David, I'm going to stay with you because we haven't spoken about the budget. I mean, I was talking to Wayne McCurry yesterday and he said, you know, in the old days, it, nothing would be flagged. It wasn't as though you had budget equivalent of a trading statement. So it used to be a surprise and you'd have the, the dinner in the evening or the presentation in yeah. the evening and then in the morning you'd have a breakfast and everyone would talk about it. He says it's not the same anymore. David, any no. reaction in the markets that you've seen or from a personal perspective, about the speech yesterday? Not really. No. In fact, not, not at, to be honest, not at all. I think most of it has already been discounted and brushed aside and everybody's moving on. You can make of it what you want. You know, you can go and start. The tax people go and they dig deeper into, you know, various allowances and adjustments and things that don't really concern uh, the vast majority of people. But, I mean... Um, you know, that's for people who are doing tax and, uh, you know, who need to know all the minute details of the budget. But from our point of view, I think we've just moved on. Uh, the Eskom story has already been discounted. It's in the price. Uh, the RAND, which did spike to a large extent yesterday, you know, nervous what might come out the budget, then corrected. It's still back at 1820, which is, which is dollar, you know, dollar uh, guided. So, um, not not much in the market here that has that has really made a difference. I think the market today is is, is really a reflection of what's happening in global markets, um, more so than in the local market. Okay, let's uh, start with the currencies as I always do, and um, forgive me, gentlemen, if my screen isn't as fast as yours, and I'm directing that statement to you, Garth. 18.22 is the dollar rand, and that's, uh, that's more or less unchanged, actually, in the last 24 yeah. hours. British pound against the rand is 21.96, and that's a British pound, which is around about half a percent weaker against the South African rand. Euro rand is also about half a percent down at 19.32 euro weakening, rand strengthening. Euro dollar, 106.05, which is the euro falling by half a percent against the, the dollar, the dollar in the ascendancy. What have we got on the commodities front? 18.24, the gold price down seven and a bit. Uh, platinum up 9.53 dollars an ounce. Palladium down 39 to 14.52. That PGM basket is all over the place. Let's go to the bond markets now. US 10-year Okay, it's about two basis points lower. At, uh, let's call it 3.91%. The South African 10-year, having been in the 10.30s yesterday, currently 10.11.5 on the close, which is about four basis points down from the close last night. So no big moves there. S&P 500 futures. It's almost an apologetic rally. 4,022, 4,023 now, up 0.6%. It's not running away. It doesn't seem to have the momentum. I'm not confident. I, I think it'll end up, but I don't think it's going to go and be a 1.2, 1.3% gainer. Bitcoin, 23,980, up just very slightly. And um, yeah, that's it, really. David, watch uh, shares on the JSC. Caught your eye, please. <laughs> Um, it's more on the downside that, that, that worries me. Even though it was a very strong day, mm. uh, in a sense that across the board, everything was up. All the segments were, you know, registered gain. And I think in terms of the gainers versus losers, it was about three to one. But on, on the downside, I just one of the I, – I, I just have to mention this. Elferman, yes. which is a resource company that – um, is, is, you know, has been uh, in the limelight. It's got a 15 billion market cap. So it mines tin in the um, Congo. You know, it fell 15% yesterday. So today it's up 10%. So I think before one gets carried away with that move, 
just recall what happened yesterday, which was a dramatic move, whatever. I don't know what prompted that. So I think it was. A, wasn't it an ex-div story? Time. Wasn't it an ex-dividend story yesterday? I don't think so. Oh. I don't. I, it could have been. Hold mm, on. I don't know. You have a look yeah, at that. It was twenty-second. It was ex-div, but it was ex-div. Whatever it is. Yeah, it was. It was down hugely dividend. yesterday, and today it was up nearly twenty mm. percent at one stage. Mm. Garth, before I give you my list. My boring. But list. I want to talk about. Sorry. Oh, I just sorry. Want go to on. Talk about the negatives. Yeah. Mm. The one Truist. Truist. They came out with their their results very late, about quarter past four. Yeah. Um, but they down about five and a half percent. So I'm not quite sure what upset traders there. The other one as well that came out with numbers today is Mondi, and once more again, just looking at the pure numbers that they produced, it, it looked a very attractive, uh, very attractive uh, statement, a very attractive. Uh, final year results and those shares are down about three percent. So I'm trying to um, I'm trying to reconcile those with uh, in the numbers that we actually saw today. Okay, um, Garth, you're flashing lights on your screen which say, okay, this share is down five percent. I'm sure you've got these little tricks that you have, and you get flashing lights or a noise come on your screen. What <laughs> alerted you today, please, Garth? Well, yeah. So I mean, I just on the, the what David was just talking about there. I mean, Truworths was down. 5% when sales were up, um, you know, 13%. Didn't look like a terrible number. My, when when I just scanned through the the SENS announcement, which I do do, I'm not only a technical guy. Yeah. Um, the one the one thing I thought would might have might have upset the market was that the operating margin was down, um, which indicates that costs are going up. So and the, and that probably was something that the market didn't like. And we've seen it with a number of the retailers recently where they're having to absorb extra costs and not able to pass those costs on to their to their customers so maybe that was the reason and i think also the truworths has has had a, a reasonably good run of it uh, over the last few months which is a little bit out of character with some of the other retailers in the on the jse so maybe it was just a case of you know buy the rumor sell the fact and and like you said also with mondi i mean the share was down but i thought the numbers looked very good so I also battled to reconcile why that one was down. Uh, quite honestly, David, it looked strange. That the, but but again, there's also a stock that has actually held up very well recently. It's had had a nice trot from its October lows. So again, maybe it's a, a buy the rumor, sell the fact kind of a scenario on that stock as well. Okay. Very, very interesting. Uh, my list goes like this. On the upside, Alphamin up nearly 11%. Tungela up 6.5%. 91 Limited up 5.6%. Telcom was a 4 and 3 quarters percent gainer. 91 PLC up 4 and 3 quarters percent. On the downside, the aforementioned Truworths down nearly 5.5%. Goldfields down 3.5%. Was about 5.5% weaker after its numbers this morning. Mondi, 3 and a bit down... Barlow World down 2.8 and Motus down 2.6%. David, I think you've got the JSC indices for us. The closing, please. Yeah, sure. So the all share index closed up 1.08%, 79011. Resources, um, the resource 10 up 1.03%. The broader resource index up 1.13%. So that, that really was the trend across the board. Banks up 1.6%. Uh, uh, industrials also up 0.85%. But along, you know, all along the way, uh, some good gains. And as I said, the, you know, the gain is outstripped the losers by about three to one. I'm just looking at, um, yeah, Billiton was down slightly today, which is the only big cap 
mm. that uh, didn't keep up with the rest. It was down you know, around about 1%. I'm not quite sure you know, why, but, but overall, all the large caps actually registered. Okay, that's good. Garth, mm. give us Live Wall Street if you would. Okay, Live Wall Street. Well, I could get it. Can I give you the S&P 500? It's up 0.4%. Yep. Um, NASDAQ is also up, up about 0.5%. I don't know if you agree with me. It just looks like a bit of an apologetic sort of short covering rally ahead of a yeah. weekend or something. It doesn't have any substance to it, does it, no. Garth? No. You, you, yeah, or David, yeah. sorry. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Go on, you, David. You know what, mm. uh, Lindsay? I think people are scared to push this higher. They're so nervous of the Fed because every time the markets start to show a little bit of form and start to pick up, you know, one Fed governor comes and says, well, I'm going to get on top of that, you know, whether it's Bostick or Schmostick or whoever it is. So <laughs> I think there's almost, you know, until we get a big event, uh, I think we're going to go through this volatility where there's a lot of concern about getting too excited because the Fed's going to come and knock you on the head. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to be fair, um, nobody really has a good grasp of, 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 you know, of inflation or what lies ahead. I read, in fact, I read quite a good article. I didn't go through it in full detail by John Authors in Bloomberg. You know, he was ex-Financial Times and that. And he was quoting uh, a, a gentleman whose name I can't remember and that. And he said, one of the problems of the Fed and going through the ministers is that they're reactionary. You know, they haven't got a clear idea of what's in the path ahead. What they are doing is responding to whatever's released. So they're reactive rather than proactive, is that what you're saying? React, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, when when the PPI comes out or whatever it is, you know, then you hear everybody. So they obviously haven't got the models that that really understand what's happening and can kind of project, you know, okay, this is where we're going to be three months, four months, five months ahead. I think, uh, you know, we're all driving – we, you know, we're not using our satellites. We're using uh, just, you know, looking at the road ahead and responding to what's in front of us. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you so much. What a fascinating chat. Garth, thank you very much for joining us for the first time on the 5 o'clock shadow. And I hope it won't be your last. Just tell us, is it traderscorner. Uh, that's that's dot co dot za. Oh, still za. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, All right. yeah indeed. Garth McKenzie yeah. is from Traders Corner. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities. And that was the 5 o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.